Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman, and in here with me today are Matt Visual, Jimmy Belikoff, and Angus Morrison, who goes by the name of uh, Reroll on the YouTubes. You might remember him from a few weeks ago, but uh, basically, I thought it would be a great idea to have everyone in here together once again to uh, kind of discuss and chit-chat about a game that me and, and uh, Reroll have been playing a lot of this past week, which is Pillars of Eternity. And, uh, uh, oh, oh my god. It's, it's so good. It's so See, good. I've been looking at that. You guys. I've been, I've been looking so at that, and I'm like, it, uh, the art looks beautiful, obviously, and I've, I, I, I would yeah. love to dive in just for that, and especially because it has voice acting, and I sometimes I get kind of a little tired of uh, reading a 100-hour a game. But <laughs> that, uh, the that, thing that is with that... Well, I mean, when it's like, I don't know, I, I've done that back in the past, you know, with the Final Fantasy games and stuff like that, and I'm fine with it, but I don't know, like, the big wall of text and stuff like that, it's, it's crazy. But anyways, when I'm looking at the combat, it looks tiring to me. Is it, is it uh, I don't know, does it draw you in enough for you to be okay with uh, yes, doing a combat, a even though you don't, yes, times, don't like yes. it? Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, the combat is the combat makes it. <laughs> it is r- ridiculous how much it draws you in and it can get exhausting cuz like even from level 1 you've got like 20 30 spells at your disposal. Those wolves, man. But because those wolves. Yeah. Those wolves can <laughs> suck my dick. Because you've got <laughs> so many spells, it feels like you really have some kind of influence over the outcome of the battle. It feels like you were smart enough to use them as opposed to just like pointing, clicking and dead wolf. Well, it's also like you have so many spells, but since it's like going by AD&D rules where you can only use them once per rest, you like have to yeah. make every single use of them count. Like y- you have like literally four opportunities in between a let's say like hour of a dungeon run where you can rest everyone which you can only do four times before having to go back to uh, a town and refill your resting supplies to give everyone both the full revive and the full restock of their magic which means like four heals so you have to like constantly thinking about whether or not you really want to be doing all of what you want to be doing with the wizard or a mage character that uses magic and has those spells because they're not going to come back well, I think that's part of what like, makes it a proper epic journey as well. The fact that you can't just kind of run out and keep going till everything is dead. You've got to pace yourself. Yeah, the combat, it demands a lot of you. And that's kind of why it's so... Um, why why it, it sucks you in, like you were saying. It's, it's real time and so very real time you you like can't (laughs) (laughs) you pause and think about what you're doing so much that it extends like a 20 second fight into seven minutes um it is it's it's so very highly technical and it's like i was so so worried i was gonna get unusable footage (laughs) i know and it, it kind of you were right like in my review i actually did edit out a lot of the pausing and clicking to uh to make the fights look a little flashier because they actually do look pretty good when they're going and they play really good when you're pausing and thinking about everything it's just it's just really good but it's kind of an interesting system that uh is very stat driven and and 
constantly calls back to your character's stat sheets and rolls dice and does numbers and math and stuff. But at the same time, it is absolutely 100% positively dependent on you, like keeping your mind clear and just applying good tactics rather than a good stat sheet. I like how transparent even the entry the level wolves will kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, that's another thing at um kind of inherits from the Baldur's Gate legacy. Like, those games were <laughs> technically official Dungeons & Dragons merchandise with, with the name and the IP <laughs> and the stamp on the box and everything. There was, there was a little, the little yellow Games Workshop logo that looks so cute on that box. But anyways, <laughs> so it was, like, actually developed as an attempt to translate pen and paper Dungeons & Dragons rules to a computer RPG for the first time which um, wasn't super duper common back then and hasn't necessarily caught on since and you can kind of s- tell why like it's really really chaotic having stuff that complicated that's supposed to happen in turn based with people who have scrap paper and all the time in the world on a table with their friends in front of each other but like mm-hmm. feeding those rules into real time is super duper chaotic unless you as a player have the ability to just stop time and think about it with no repercussions whatsoever. <laughs> and even then, I reckon they, they they could have done a better job of indicating exactly who is doing what at any given time. But for, for what it is, I, I, I can't complain. I, I want to be really vague about this particular instance, but like, oh God, you know how... The final boss fight in the game is usually supposed to be, like, the most demanding and restrictive fight of a whole game that, that like, yeah. would otherwise be the most difficult one. But in this game, I actually managed to do some incredibly creative, wacky things during the final boss fight itself that had, like, two of... of these enemies beating each other to death through some very clever manipulation of uh, of charm spells <laughs> that had literally the final bosses of the game killing each other rather than my party. It was so great. Wow. That's great. Yeah, and again, I, I'm trying to keep it vague, but you could like you could get away with some shit if you know what you're doing in this game. Yeah, I've seen that your like video. Some... You are way, way more creative than the, with the system than I was. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm a traditionalist. Send in the tank, have the healers keep him up. You, you planned. Which what? isn't... um. Like, that's what you're supposed to do, too, but I guess after coming into it, I I played the um, old Baldur's Gate games when I was a kid, and I was awful at them, and then I played Dragon Age Origins and figured out a few tricks and got into a methodology of how to exploit the AIs that basically all these games share, and then when I um, got to... Um, Pillars of Eternity, I had a little bit of a rough start for the first five or six hours where I didn't know what I was doing, but after that I like really got into a routine, and you said it does get um, tiring, and, and Matt is saying how just looking at it makes him kind of exhausting, exhausting. and that is one thing I did feel with this game. Like As amazing as it is, it got really, really fatiguing for the last third of it I mentioned in the review, where after I figured out all the good tactics and got settled into that routine... I would just have to nail it on every single mob, and at that point my party was leveled up high enough to where I ended up not having to seriously worry about dying as much as I did in the earlier parts of the game, but at the same yeah. time, in order to apply the good tactics I had learned, I had to still pay attention and and keep my shit going good, which took a lot out of me without necessarily like threatening me a lot on the other side of things. Uh, it's hard to describe, but... um. It- 
it, it feels kind of like uh, when I'm looking at it and how you're explaining it, it's like eventually I'll be like, I don't want to fight this my enemy i just want to get to the story i just want to get which to is the story. kind of okay because the xp system doesn't really want you to fight every single enemy in every area like they thought about that they knew it's crazy <laughs> you don't get xp for killing enemies you get xp for uncovering chunks of the map the a map will have little beacons around it oh. and once you reach those you get an xp bonus you get an xp bonus for filling out a monster's bestiary entry which means after you reach a certain threshold i want to say around like 12 ish after you get 12 uh 12 monsters killed it fills out a little encyclopedia entry that gives you their stats some paragraph of flavor text and you get an xp reward for that and then you don't get an xp reward for killing that enemy again like i guess the idea is that as your character fights more of this particular monster they get to know its tricks and its um fighting style and get experience from that rather than from like their own experience of swinging swords better yeah, it's, I still it's a weird system everything Old habits die hard. Right, and and I mean, me too, but they're like, there is some anti-grinding mechanism in there that that discourages you from combat in a really weird way that I want to experiment with when I go through it again. Oh, yeah, there is, there is no sense. It, like, it, it's a very combat-heavy game. You can't, like, mm-hmm. just chat your way through it, but there's no sense in which there is any grinding. Like, even without looking, you will just have side quests thrown at you (laughs) and also that's because (laughs) enemies don't respawn everything stays dead when you kill it permanently like you can't grind Mm. because you cannot repeat the same encounters over and over again ecosystem (laughs) it's uh it's it's really interesting and i feel like with that lack of respawning and with the way they have the xp system set up they might have been able to get away with making combat more interesting in the later games and throwing some new tricks on me at that point. But at that point, I'd gotten too good. But anyways, like, uh, you, you were talking about how you would have a tank in front with healers behind them and whatnot. Yeah. But what I ended up getting into a habit of, and I loved this, I absolutely loved this, was um, using, like, a distraction character to lure an enemy into... Th- there are guns in this game. They're, like primitive matchlock firearms like like blunderbusses and and hand cannons and um so what i would do is i would (laughs) i would like british empire it and set up two lines of musket fire have the guys in front fire their line of muskets at the approaching enemies and then retreat while the next line behind them would fire another volley into the crowd. Yeah, and then I'd, squad. <laughs> yes. It was like, I, I somehow managed to figure out a really effective tactic on my own that looked absolutely hilarious and also felt like this incredibly sinister power trip because it was just hilarious seeing like an enemy, I, I don't know, kind of like take an arrow in, in his hip and be like, oh, damn you. And then chase some guy who threw an arrow at him around a corner and all of a sudden there are like four other people with guns pointed at him around <laughs> just has way. a really bad day <laughs> i know i felt so bad but felt so good and that's how every single combat encounter would play out for me like i was setting up lines of that firing squad during the final boss battle when i was tricking the final boss into killing itself rather than me it's so good Ooh, even with I, your basic <laughs> tank strategy that you still got to do that sneaking around which is great because mm-hmm. the, the traps oh my god the traps will kill you in one 
And but well, you can set them back too. <laughs> Once you pick up that trap, you can lay it right back down again where you want it to be this time. Oh my god! Did you god, did that's... you see that? Did you notice that? I wondered where all of those traps were coming from. I thought I yeah. was just looting them. <laughs> no, when when I was playing, almost every single enemy encounter involved me turning on stealth mode and uncovering maps almost never not in stealth mode and actually setting up the lines and positioning of the firing squad and the lure and the tank beforehand so that way I would have projectile characters keep feeding new bullets into the fray that the tank was kind of maintaining on the front line that would hopefully keep those enemies from breaking through to the gun firing because the, the way the game handles zone, um, its projectile weapons, gunfires deal a guns deal a lot of damage, like absolutely ridiculous. And I'm a yeah. sucker for that. I'm a sucker for really slow, high damage attacks, and it kills me in a lot of in a lot of RPGs, especially Dark Souls. But anyways, um, so so uh, I just have like such a fetish for for overkill that I ended up <laughs> equipping half the party with these guns, which is not what you're supposed to do. But I still somehow managed to make it work anyway. And having them reload in in like geologic time, while uh, while some guy with a little short sword and shield tries to hold an entire enemy mob back from getting them while they're reloading their guns. Most of my guys just had dirty great warhammers, which meant the pathing <laughs> issues that they became oh, yeah. a bit of a problem. Yeah, Everyone I imagine just trying the to pathing issues their way to the front. I imagine you notice that a lot that worse actually if you if you go with more melee characters than projectiles because then then you have to have your characters move out of the way of each other so everyone's shoulders basically can point at the enemy and it gets messy. Yeah, when the hunter pack got involved, everyone had to be positioned manually. Oh yeah, that's right. Because uh, rangers, rangers are technically two characters. They have a pet with them. Ooh, I, I freaking love that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry if if we just ended up like I don't know. Kind I wanted, of to, I wanted to ask a question. Uh, yes, yes. What about the story? You create a. I'm assuming you create a character yourself, and then you have other main, like other side characters that come with you. Right, right. In, okay. in like the grand Western RPG tradition of of Bioware game, like yeah, basically, actually, Bioware made Baldur's Gate back in that. You wouldn't yeah. know it nowadays, but they made Baldur's Gate, and uh, now Obsidian is is kind of the Baldur's Gate company. Um, but anyways, yeah, you you make a character who has a rich storied background, and then they come to this land and know absolutely nothing about what's going on. So. It, that's like that's like a classic RPG trope where you fill out this elaborate backstory for your character only to find out that mm -hmm. that character doesn't know anything about the world they have this elaborate backstory in. I mean, yep. it's good because you don't know the first thing about that world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you have a, a shared experience. Well, well, the thing... And I hate... I hate uh, I hate to talk. Start. Ugh, I can't even. Ugh, this game. I hate to talk <laughs> a little bit of shit about it though, because um, it's it's pretty. And I'm gonna be really interested in talking about Angus about this because he played through it too. Really, um, like like it's, 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 it's a little tropey. <laughs> Did you get that? Did you get that? Oh, massively, massively, yeah. massively. But I, I kind of I feel like it has the right to be. Yeah, just on account I of it being guess. a massive nostalgia trip. And I don't know if if I was expecting anything differently because 
of nostalgia. Like, I feel like I remember the Baldur's Gate games being kind of weirder than they were. And and since then, like, Chris Avalone has gone on to write really, really tropey genre fantasy that is actually hyper critical of their own tropes. And this game doesn't really start to do that until the very, very end. Like, there are some plot twists towards the end that, like, make all of the time you spent learning the lore feel feel finally worthwhile. Until then, it just seems kind of arbitrary. I had a bit of a facepalm moment where um, one character who you become quite attached to tells you, oh, I'll... uh I'll set aside this bit of brandy for you for when you come back successfully. Oh, and you're just yeah. like, well, she's dead. No oh, one who spoilers. says that ever survives. Yeah, no, there's there's uh, something that they seem to set up like a uh, really reactive story scene where they they give you a whole lot of choices for how to direct a very important conversation in the game only to have a villain just like dash into the middle of the scene yeah. <laughs> brandish his weapon and screw oh, everything guys, up die. <laughs> that, which was still was... like i was still excited <laughs> it was a good scene that was, it's that just was uh, my least favorite moment because I, I felt it was like building towards like i felt i kind of out politicked the system and mm-hmm. then just, just no, no, you're all screwed. We don't care. And and there, ah, I wish I wish you got to the very end of the story though, because there are some great narrative tricks at the end where the the game does more moments like that that actually kind of see it through while also still kind of being openly critical of its own uh, kind of design as a high fantasy, tropey as hell, Tolkienian Dungeons and Dragons spinoff. Like, yeah, I'm going straight back to it. There's there's no worry there. I really wish I managed to finish all the side quests, but oh, whatever. I, I me me and Angus are just gushing over here, but that's I don't I don't know if I'm like properly explaining to you guys how good this game made me feel the past week. Like there were moments where I had to get out of my seat and just, like, jump in the kitchen. We both did the jumping. We both did excitable (laughs) jumping. Really? Yeah. Like, I couldn't handle it. I had to get (laughs) away from my seat and and process it. That was a good reveal. So it's a combination um, of what? Like, the art, the atmosphere... It, it oh, yeah. is like the you know the voice acting top notch that gets you excited, or was it just like purely not, like mostly? Combat? It's not the voice acting that's top notch. It's the script the voice actors are given, which yeah. you might have noticed in my review still like starts off really shoddily, just because there is so much poured into this script, it hits you hard right from the very beginning. Like characters speaking, oh, <laughs> I. Ugh, characters speak like they are not part of planet Earth. They're part of planet Eora or whatever. They, that's It's just like an extreme dedication to nailing the culture of, of the fictional mm. lore that makes even reading and hearing what the characters are saying hard to do. Like, like, do you remember Durant's? Do you remember that guy? I love that guy. Every he single line that he says characters. is, I had to read every single line twice because of the <laughs> way he's written. He, he is just like so incredibly thick. He'll say something that conveys the, the meaning or the mood of one attitude that is actually yeah. the entire opposite of what the prose and the words itself mean. And, and I have, I've never gotten that out of a game before. I've, I've never read what sounds like a foreign accent 
but they were just oh, like so to... dedicated to the world building that, that they managed it in this one. I don't know what uh, what Aora race represents Scottish, <laughs> but I feel uh, Aloth. I had a distinct advantage being on this side of the Atlantic. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a uh, oh there's some really interesting characters. There's this guy named Aloth who's a uh, he, he kind of has a bad case of schizophrenia where he's this posh, prim and proper mage who who went to mage school and and. Uh, very diligently studied mage dumb as a child and uh he he ended up coming down with this alternate personality possessing his soul who's this like crass scottish asshole (laughs) and you'll like hear him get into arguments with himself it's really interesting there's that voicing is fantastic (laughs) yeah he you find this guy in the mud of a village, like getting into a fight with the local villagers who his split personality can't help but offend. And and you just like explode them together. <laughs> it's uh it's it's weird to talk about. I I I, I really liked Durant's though, and, and I hated him because he's an asshole. He's I kind he's of like liked this... him just because like, what the fuck was he all about? <laughs> It's it's hard to process what he was about because he knew so much that you don't know that everyone else in the world to knows. Not let him come with me. <laughs> he's uh, he's this bigoted old man. He's he's also a wise and powerful mage who's also this like horrible, crass, bigoted old man who like calls all the women he meets whores. Like he worships a goddess who he like. <laughs> who he always calls a whore and and he says that all the other like non-human races are, are just these horrible animals who got let out of their cage and need to be put back together and as you get to know him you find out that the reason why he hates everything so much to such an irrational degree is because he actually had a really significant place in in the lore's history and actually has like so many negative experiences <laughs> with so many different peoples and cultures that he just like grew into hating them all and oh it's it's like that's such a weird juxtaposition to have a character who who I absolutely like would hate as a person but just love hearing what he has to say about what he's done and seen yeah, the character writing <sighs> was exceptional Exceptional. Fan fucking tastic. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Again, I, uh, I I see that, that we've gone on about gushing over these pillars for like twenty minutes, but At least it wasn't Resident Evil. I know, we get to gush about something that's not Resident Evil for the first time. It's it's like the, the reason being though, the reason I can't shut up about this this might be one of the best RPGs I played in my entire life. Damn, that's a tall statement. I know, I know, and I'm really interested to see if if other people start thinking the same in the future. Like, I haven't... <laughs> I When I was playing this game the past week for, for reviewing, I, I haven't been this cocksure about how good a game was before launch since Gone Home, and everyone knows how Gone Home turned out and what the oh, internet gosh. thought of that. Yeah. So when I was yeah. writing the review, when I was, like, so absolutely, like, gushy and just, like, lip-serving, this game because 
I was having a blast with it. I had to get up out of my seat and jump in the kitchen because I was so happy Ooh, with how well it turned out. And and the whole time I was thinking, though, you know, <laughs> I remember when I felt this good about Gone Home. <laughs> uh. So, uh, so, so, yeah, I, uh, I was I was still a little scared, though, to see if if my opinion would be shared by by other people on the Internet as as the review would would come out and age for a week. Nah, it's being but, reviewed stupid well. Yeah. We- weirdly yeah. enough, though, it's like um, here on the East Coast United States, it's like 8 p.m. on Thursday the 26th. GameSpot or IGN did not have their review out earlier today. Which is weird, because I I think I know people over there who were talking about them reviewing it. Maybe they... They just didn't go as fast as, as the rest of us. It's very them not to get a, a first on something like this. Everyone yeah, on I this know. side, at least, has been just on it. Because, um, well, they gave it to YouTubers, like, a week before launch, yeah. right? Which is still, like, not a lot of time to play a 70-hour RPG. But but still, I was really, really happy that uh, that they sent that code in so early. I like and Paradox. They they have that weird policy where they let you stream and let's play it up to a certain point in the story. Oh, that was a weird email getting the review code. <laughs> they specifically say you may stream and upload gameplay up until Merrywin, the first NPC of of Odd Nua, which is yeah, about fifteen no hours into the game. I know, I know, because yeah. they don't want you to spoil past uh, Merryweather in You're just like what, in yeah. Old yeah. what language is this email? <laughs> and I, I've never seen them like specify that so well. Like a particular person in a particular room <laughs> is is what they don't want you. What they did not want you a week ago to uh, to upload anything past that, and I was a little apprehensive about that. I was like, "Oh wow, does the game suddenly get way worse after that point?" But no, it gets <laughs> way better. <laughs> the exact opposite happens. <laughs> like they did not want to spoil all of the cool shit that happens after you pretty much finish the tutorial stage, which is that guy in that particular room. <laughs> if you remember to uh, to put in the spoiler warning, they asked us to. No, oh, I, I assumed that was for, for Let's Plays, not reviews. Because I didn't yeah, talk about the sense. plot anyway. Yeah, no, I... Nah. Ah, a spoiler warning. I didn't spoil anything, and they can't tell me otherwise. But it's, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice that they are that concerned about preserving the story, that they don't care like what you might show in the way of bugs and stuff. It's just, guys, don't spoil the story. <laughs> they sent us a list of bugs. Yeah, that was and, nice. And the big bug I found wasn't on it. So I was like, shit, guys. But no, that was it's like literally the best kind of of embargo where they give it to like smaller channels to build word of mouth over the week before launch. And then um, while while also, like you said, being very concerned that they're not spoiling the experience at the same time during during that uh, that hype building phase the week before it uh and and they're doing it for small channels like the rest of us like i was also really really happy that i got this big epic great looking 70 hour rpg did you disclose at the same that? time as all did the big sites wait do you, do you, you count as a small channel it. now i kind <laughs> of I? I don't know i don't know you did a fucking microscope to see my channel <laughs> 
No, you're right. <laughs> a third is of how we all feel? Something? I is don't know. how we all feel? It's like, oh, we're small channels. Yeah. We're all small channels. Yeah. I guess when, I, I I guess still... when you're not like making a, necessarily a living off of your right. YouTube it still paycheck, feels you consider yourself small. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't feel famous. <laughs> I don't feel taken care of. I still like have my job, and and I, I, I don't know if I ever not want to have it. You know, so so I, uh, I don't I necessarily get, feel. I get at least one comment per video going. Hey, it's it's pretty good, but it's uh, it's no bunny hop, is it? <laughs> oh really? Thanks, guys. Oh, God. oh God. I love my fans. Oh God. Oh, you don't you love that? Don't you? Oh, let, let's not talk about YouTube. I, mean, <laughs> I was just about to say something. I was like, nah, you know what? I did not. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I'm I'm so sorry to like turn this into a, a thirty the, the official TOVG. The the pillars of eternity oh. fan cast. I could not be happier. <laughs> I know. I really just need an outlet to like dump things out that I could not have said in the review. Also, like, uh, you were mentioning how, how the music sounds a lot like, well, Angus was in his review, how the music, there are a couple tracks that sound like blatant Hobbit and, and Oblivion ripoffs. Yeah, I'm sure it's a And a I noticed that lift. too when I was playing, but in the back of my mind, I was like, why don't I hate that? <laughs> and and you, you were like totally onto something, though, for it to like evoke the feel of, of other fantasy worlds while still kind of doing its own cool thing by itself. Because like as yeah. tropey as it is, as dedicated as it is to the old Dungeons & Dragons Tolkien stuff, it still gets really abstract and weird sometimes. Yes, like, it does. The, the, the central conflict in this world is is like a kind of science versus religion debate. Oh. Which which doesn't happen often in fantasy worlds, which are usually like, look, it's racism, and and this one it's like, look, it's religion versus science. That's 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 kind of new ish. Hollowborn children born without souls premise leads some pretty disturbing side quests as well. And there's a character who's so in, whose entire backstory in in companion quest is fully devoted to exploring the uh, the um. <clears throat> weirder moral implications of that like uh the the grieving mother did you find her i did yes oh she's she's great uh, <laughs> i loved i loved when when we were camping in the middle of some like horrible dank dungeon and like the untouched 2000 year old ruins of of a powerful mystic elemental mages lab we we hack through, I don't know, like like 30 zombies guarding this place and then set up <laughs> camp for some much needed rest. And she like shakes my character awake in the middle of the night and is like, stabs your neck, who was the name of, of my girl. She was like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to remember anymore. Are memories better than the real thing? And I was just like, That's oh, great. God, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> we like, as this weird the as the situation is, these are things that like keep you awake at night. <laughs> Woo, this game's good. Uh, so what have you guys been up to? <laughs> oh my god! I again, I, I horribly apologize for like completely hijacking it, but this is I forgot there were other it just games. Feels like an event. This game just feels just like an event. I'm yeah. gonna play this, and I swear it better be worth. 30 minutes mm. of this podcast. It better be like so good. <laughs> so good. Dude. Well, well, at least the art you... style I'm going to be happy with because it looks so oh, beautiful. Yeah. 
and, and like half of the oh, fun. Oh no, I did, well, that, that was an invitation. That was an invitation. Quiet, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Weedman. Okay. I, I was just gonna say, I'm I'm worried that half of my fun just might have been seeing a a Kickstarter game actually feel like a big budget game that also is a small niche game at the same time. Because it looks cutting edge. Like, like I was playing The Order last week, and and this game was still jaw-dropping me sometimes. Well, and the thing is, like, people were saying that in, in my video. I introduced it by saying, Kickstarter has been vindicated. And there were a bunch of comments that were like, yeah, I know, right? Shovel Knight was great. But Shovel Knight also has, like, the lo-fi pixel art aesthetic. Right, like, it true, still true. looks inexpensive to make. And this game doesn't. It also Which, has voice acting and a in-depth story and all that type of stuff, yeah, so I can totally like, see like it. All, all those things. Basically, the stuff people like about high budgets, like pretty visually interesting, well-painted, and and positioned and lit and angled visuals, and also a wide, expansive story and a breadth right. of content, without all the stuff people don't like about big-budget games, like the overwhelming amounts of cutscenes and QTEs and and easy railroading gameplay that streamlines all of the stuff that would be more fun if it was left alone by itself. Like, this is... <laughs> I don't know. Two or three years ago, when, when Kickstarter was... When we were going through that Kickstarter honeymoon, and things like Star Citizen and um, Wasteland 2 and, and uh, Broken Age were getting funded a lot, like, this was what I felt was going to happen from that. And, and for the most part, I don't know if it's totally been a realization of my wildest dreams up until Pillars of Eternity. Now it has. Mm. <laughs> my wildest dreams have come true. And that's, that's why I'm so excited. It's all downhill from here. Kickstarter has peaked. <laughs> they're uh, they're going to make an expansion pack for Kickstarter. <laughs> oh no, for, for pillars. But, but, but I get you. So man, yeah. What, what, what have you been playing, Jimmy? What have you been playing, Jimmy? I mean, I feel like I've been playing Pillars of Eternity. <laughs> it, it would take an That's eternity to get us to stop talking about Pillars of Eternity. <laughs> Woo. Um, I, I prepped a second file on Monster Hunter for a thing oh, I'm making no. soon. <laughs> and, and you know, like, I remember I was talking shit about you playing so much Monster Hunter in such a short time. But no, yeah. I played 70 hours of Pillars this past week. I, I have no one to blame but myself. Yeah, you did 70 yeah, hours in one that, week. That's even I did worse. Like, I did like 60 hours in two weeks. That's, that's so. Wow. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm but, a much uh, more useless piece of shit who just <laughs> plays video games all the time. Um, I've definitely been looking at Hotline Miami. I didn't pick it up in the past week because something came up that I kind of want to save Hotline Ooh. Miami for. Ooh. Um, another project that I'm working on, so I don't, I don't know if I want to play it just yet. Well, that's still exciting. Um, is there, is there yeah, anything yeah, you no. can talk about for that? Like, it, it's just like my own plans. I, I mean, I, I did a poll on, on Twitter, so people who follow me on Twitter should already know that I'm like working on like a kind of sort of Let's Play series, but like super like extremely highly edited and yeah. everything like uh kind of like pbg's series and i'm gonna have a bunch of gamey effects that happen it's gonna mm. be more of like a a like presented show than it is gonna be like an off-the-cuff recording are you gonna talk so, about level design yeah i mean like i'm gonna talk about whatever because like my favorite time, kind so. of let's plays are the ones that actually kind of <sighs> feel like really really Breakdown long game length reviews on. yeah like reviews that are sort of like as things come up they discuss oh, 100% right, right. completing it is always real good as well, well to watch 
I mean, I mm. am not gonna percent <laughs> right, complete right. Monster Hunter, right. which has a a low end completion of <laughs> five hundred hours. If you're like fucking the speedrun king and you already know how to get through <laughs> Jesus it, Jesus Christ! What what the hell's yeah. going on? Like, why is spring of this year giving us so many great games that are that last this long? I don't know, man. This, this, this is, is just this is just magical. It's just it's magical, is what it is. We we got yeah. cities skyline. Oh, we should have Randy on again. He he reviewed that, and um, Randy Yasinchuk. Randy Yasinchuk. Before that was remake remake, which which I was having a blast with playing old Resident Evil games earlier this year. I don't know if that officially counts as a 2015 release, but I still got to play it in 2015, and uh-huh. and then there was Hotline Miami two and an Ori in the Blind Forest, which Matt oh. won't shut up about. Oh. Ugh. Ugh, 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 ugh. <laughs> so and, good. Um, I had, you know. I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard nothing but like the best of praise for Ori and the Blind Forest. <laughs> it's good. Gosh, it's just like March is absolutely crazy. What, what else do we have? There's, there's also pillars, and um, oh God, Hell Divers. A lot of people on Twitter are telling me I need to check that out. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, I think uh, our buddy. Todd rated S mm-hmm. is uh has something cooked up for Helldivers. Uh, like, I'm gonna wait for his review, but uh, there's no time to play all these good games because yeah. next week uh, you were talking way earlier, maybe even a year ago or so, about Axiom Verge. Oh that yeah, that is coming next week. I got a yeah. my, the very first Bunny Hop PS4 review copy is uh, is for Axiom Verge. Which it's it's like it never ends. Like there is literally within March, there has been like a good game to equate for every single week of 2015 so far. Just within March, yeah. Like March is absolutely nuts. And at, was last year's March this good? Like what what the hell's happening? I don't think any month last year was this good. <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not sure the last year was this saying. good. Like yeah, 2015 is already okay. <laughs> Like if they just stopped yeah. making good games at the end of March, I enough. would still be okay with with how good this year has been so far. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Axiom, like the thing that's going to kind of hurt me about Axiom Verge is that it's PS4 exclusive mm-hmm. for a window. Watch, I don't have one, so like I might try and play it in the office, but like I, it's one of those games that I'm gonna want to sit down and get into a zone and play because mm-hmm. it's it's very Metroid like. I mean, it's it's like almost exactly Metroid like. It has the same sort of deep space alien vibe, and so I'm interested if it's gonna be like a Metroid One or Metroid or Super Metroid Prime. Oh my God, this the series Super Metroid Prime. Yeah, if it's gonna be like more of a Metroid One vibe or a Super Metroid vibe, because like Super Metroid is um, way more quiet and atmospheric than than the first one. For, I mean, from what I played at E3 uh, in 2014, it does it it feels like Super Metroid. Okay, but I mean, it definitely feels like its own game. Of course, it's obviously like a lot of the elements that make it a similar to metroid, game. metroid i'm not gonna call it a metroid i'm not gonna call it that because i think Why that's not? a bullshit term oh. because because it's just a metroid game but once you say it was that, metroid and then exactly castlevania like... 2 took it it was metroid it was just metroid well that's what it what was about if it's like metroid but has stats and dice rolls and shit then can you call it a metroidvania because that's like, what castlevania is like or the newer are PlayStation like, games still new? I can't. I can't say that. I've, the, the like mid mid generation, yeah, yeah, the late nineties to early two thousands era Castlevanias. 
I don't know. All I know is that I get unnecessarily angry about the term Metroidvania. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll be careful about it because I've gotten in the habit of, of calling them that. And I guess I, I guess I should stop. Yeah, stop. Stop. Uh, stop. stop. Metroidvania. <laughs> I think I said that about Oregon. I have no idea where that term came from. I just heard a lot of people okay. saying it. The whole the whole deal behind it is that it's like I, I looked it up because I really wanted to like figure out why it made me so mad. And it was because Metroid One created the format. Castlevania two took it and like RPGized it a little bit. Um and they're practically the same game. Like, like they're, they're both really like convoluted and hard to get around. And then Super Metroid came in and was like, this is how you do it correctly. And then they, <laughs> they copied it again by making Symphony of the Night. Wait. It's like... So yeah. what came first, Metroid or Zelda 2? Oh. Um, because there's I, way I, more Zelda sure Metroid 2 did. Because Zelda Quest. 1 came out in 86. And hold on, hold, we're going to do this. We're going to prove someone right, right or I'm, wrong I'm on the internet. Right now. Yeah. All right, uh, Simon's Metroid, Quest. Yeah, Metroid came out in 86. Okay, Simon's Quest was 87. When did Zelda 2 come out? Zelda, Zelda 2, 2 had to have been at least a year after. Let's see. Let's see. 1987 in January. Simon's Quest is August 1987. So Simon's Quest came a few years later than Zelda 2, and one year later after Metroid. So it ripped yep. off everything. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's a Metroid game okay. is what it is. <laughs> well, I'd I know say the it's term is accepted. Zelda game, but uh, I mean, well, I know the term is accepted as Zelda. Metroidvania. I'm just saying if we're it's going for accuracy part of the nomenclature. Here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Oh gosh. What about what about Matt? Have so, you played so anything many other good than games. Ori? Um um, I, 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 um, nothing of no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at time here. I'm seeing that 40, 40 minutes there. Um, uh, I haven't really played much this week. You know, I, um, last week I was supposed to talk about Knights of the Old Republic. I actually went back and finished that. And uh-huh. that was interesting to go play back an old PC game. Other than the problems of actually playing it on a newer uh, OS. It, oh, it's, yeah, it doesn't like that. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Especially when you try I tried to, to play mod it, it a couple years ago. It was it didn't like it. <laughs> no, it didn't. The combat is a little little old, a little dated. Well, one thing that I felt was kind of a step back from Dragon Age and Mass Effect after KOTOR was that you could only queue one order at a time. Mm. And, and in KOTOR, you can do three. <laughs> right, right. But like, it's it does that whole old MMO feel where you click it and you see the person just kind of walk up in a ro- very robotic way and get into position <laughs> and then they start slashing. It's just so awkward looking. The story is good, though. And I did not see that twist coming, okay? I never finished really? it as a kid. Yeah, I didn't see the twist coming, so it was, like, mind-blowing for oh, me now. God. Like, years later. It's, it's ridiculous how I didn't see this thing coming. And I was like, oh, wow, this was actually uh, kind of sweep me off my feet here. I didn't see this coming. And it, I don't know. It was... It was good. It was good. I, I don't regret going back and playing it. Um, Man, it's 20 hours of my life, though? I don't know, man. <laughs> That's a lot of time right there that I spent on that. But I, I, I felt like it, it was worth a go back and look-see. I got it on deal um, on Steam. The graphics uh, the graphics are okay. It, they're okay. I mean, it's not, it's not something that you're going to vomit at, you know, for an old game. Uh, but everything was 
pretty decent and it's it's a, it's really cool to see Bioware in the beginning stages of like Mass Effect and and Dragon Age before they made those games cuz you oh, see yeah. a little, you well, know a romantic options here and there you know and totally. uh, you, like you, yeah it, it Mass Effect was basically when it was coming out a lot of the hype was was from the idea of them following up on KOTOR like basically doing space adventure RPG, but right. with their own license this time, mm-hmm. and and like Kotor itself was kind of a follow up for the old uh, computer CRPGs they were making beforehand, like the Baldur's Gates, onto a more console friendly format. And yeah, it's it <laughs> very very natural smooth progression if you go from one end of the Bioware archive to the other. Yeah, and and I'm also surprised that you. Oh, sorry, really like that twist too. Because if you actually, if you do play from one end of the Bioware archive to the other, and also a lot of other WRPGs, they have extremely similar twists to that. that no uh, way. Are you serious? I, I'm glad I did yeah. then. <laughs> like, like Planescape, Torment, and um, and also Pillars, kind of, and Kotor uh, Two have very very similar central twists at the midpoint that that follow a very that, that means very similar good. see this is this is my first it's experience your first time here, so it's yeah, my cherry yeah, so, popping so, here so it's you how know, you when should I play experience pillars, it. Today, in it yeah when i play pillars <laughs> this is gonna be like oh i totally saw no, that coming oh no, you'll be fine this is such a good game <laughs> oh i'm gonna play i'm definitely gonna play you guys talked about it too much i have to play it now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's like getting rave reviews i'm just so happy that I was also able to play it like in this year I have played two of what are probably my favorite games of all time and it's remake and then pillars now which is a lot more risky to say because it's brand new but (laughs) oh Axiom (laughs) Verge is a very pixelated uh old style game huh yeah yeah it's like early 16-bit. One man. Yeah, real One early. man, five years. makes. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what that looks like. Anyways, we've, we've been <laughs> gushing for a really long time. All right, all right, all right. And uh, and and we should we should take a momentary, a momentary hiatus to uh, to gush other things. <laughs> Why do I love being so gross? Anyways, yeah, uh, we're gonna take a really quick break and uh, head to the bathroom, refill our beverages, and then we will be right back with maybe maybe less gushing. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. I wouldn't count on it. Like a ghost in the moonlight. The ninja warrior stalks his prey. Unseen, unheard, and unnoticed. Mission accomplished. The final battle begins. Ninja Gaiden for Nintendo from Tecmo. Coming soon, more hard-to-beat action. Tecmo Bad News Baseball. Hello and welcome back to the official TOVG Pillars of Eternity fan cast. We have uh, <laughs> we have returned from our little our, our brief little break to talk about things that aren't pillars or or just like great games. Jesus, I, I didn't even talk about Bloodborne that whole time back then. <laughs> Speaking of great games coming out in March, um, but anyways, <clears throat> we got actual news. So, do you guys remember <laughs> that rumor from a couple months ago about a Netflix-produced live-action Zelda series? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you remember 
how how weird it sounded. How how there was the these executives talking about it being a a Game of Thrones, but but with family friendly content and <laughs> yeah. and just like the the entire notion in general of making live action Zelda series is it was a little it was a little wacky. Everyone yeah. was agreed. Everyone was hoping it would be hilariously bad because that's the only way it would be able to redeem itself. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not like no, like uh, it'd be very, very hard for it to be good. They, they've tried. Be they, possible. They, well, they made a TV show of Zelda before, and it was hilariously bad, and that was the right, only redeeming they factor. The, they have that to look back on and be like, let's not fuck it up again. I I don't know how how often do video game tie-ins not get fucked up? Any like there still isn't a great video game movie. I don't know, man. I thought Mortal Kombat was pretty tight. I, I need to watch that, but I mean, when you look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, the the, the, oh, the, the number is not very high. I am well, like okay. It's not like oh, this acting is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's matches the game very well though like Which you don't play Mortal Kombat and you're like either. oh I'm really drawn in by Mortal Kombat's deep lore and yeah. it's really good story and realistic like no bullshit I probably you play Mortal Kombat because you want to see people like get their spine ripped out and get punched in the balls and you want to hear somebody yell fatality and, and all of that happens in the movie and, and the ninth so, one has actual good gameplay but anyways yeah. <laughs> um I, I feel stupid about saying that because I also really like the Mario Brothers movie <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, it's all right. It's, it's fine. Funny. It's like, I, I, granted, I was I was drunk and, and a cynical old man at the time. I bet if I was a kid or if I actually cared legitimately about the movie, I would hate it. But uh-huh. but yeah, like, I guess I guess I guess I should have should have known there's no shame in enjoying something that's hilariously bad when that's I want to see what you. Michael Fassbender is going to do with Assassin's Creed. What the he- what the hell is oh. he on? You know, Assassin's Creed is already like a really by the numbers banal Michael Bay summer blockbuster with, <laughs> with, with gray art and and moody moody gruffled up male voices who are just like our 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 problems are really important. Yeah, that's black black flag you're doing, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's funny because that's anyway, the one I haven't played that everyone likes, but uh. Uh, where was where was this going? The the news about this. The news about this is that Satoru Iwata has actually said that the rumors about um, the Netflix Zelda live action series, which was which came from a Wall Street Journal article, he he says that that article was based on incorrect information, which uh, which isn't like a total one hundred percent complete denial because it doesn't say no that's not happening, but it's pretty darn mm-hmm. close. Yeah, but at the same time, like I don't know, the Wall Street Journal you usually expect that to kind of have a reputation for getting their information right. <sighs> yeah, but I, I guess either way, we can all breathe a sigh of relief because then a hilariously bad live-action Netflix-produced Zelda adaptation doesn't have to be hilariously bad and sully up the brand. I can't believe the rumor was thought like serious enough that it was well, the Street had to Journal. step in <laughs> yeah he 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 clarified in an interview with time about information he thought the wall street journal got wrong <laughs> so these are like supposed to be trusted established old guard media media Press sources is weird these days mm-hmm. 
I mean, uh, Netflix <sighs> is making Daredevil, and the trailer looks pretty decent. But you know, trailers could be false. I mean, like I, I just want to say, like one of my favorite TV shows of all time is Netflix. Netflix produced, and that's House of mm-hmm. Cards. So like, it's not like they're bad. They're not. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the concept itself that is that is it's, rocky. It's more Video about game the adaptation. Zelda than the Netflix. Yep. And also that quote about it being a family-friendly Gears of <laughs> Gears of War. Um, wow, that would be epic, actually. <laughs> that would that would be even worse than, no, than Link's, a family-friendly Link's, Game of Thrones. Link's uh, bow turns into a torque ball, dude, and he like spins around, and gets a headshot. You know, that'd be pretty tight. Dang. <laughs> that'll that'll teach those kids on Xbox Live to talk shit about you. <laughs> I want them to make like a Call of Duty movie where like one of the soldiers is like a Call of Duty bro, oh, but like geez. in soldier yes. form. Oh, that would be so bad. Where just like like he throws around like like slurs and and like like uses the word rape a lot to like describe stuff. Right. That's, that's, that's the aliens almost, film coming up. That, that's that's almost what the live action Call of Duty commercials are. Are, oh, are, really? are like these fat, slovenly gamer stereotypes running around this this real ass horrifying looking battlefield. <laughs> Uh, just like doing stupid shit in the middle of of horrifying scenes of gun violence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just think it would be very silly if they had that as like a like a hit at that kind of gamer to like put that in the movie and then that guy gets killed in some horrible way. If he's the first to die in a horror movie, he'll probably be black be as well. Let's be honest here. Oh. 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 Dude, dude, well, dude, if, if I've watched The Walking dude. Dead and The Shield recently and all all, all that happens, there, there's not like a one person that doesn't turn evil or die, okay? Or turn it turns into okay. an evil cyber Cybernetic robot. Yeah, that happened in Shield. Okay, okay. That's that's a, that's how bad spoilers. the joke is. It's not even a joke. Okay. So spoilers for anyone who watches Shield. Hey, evil one of the black guys becomes robot. an evil cybernetic uh, robot. Yes. That sounds like a good thing to me. Yeah. All oh, right. Right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say it's because you're white, but I felt like that would have been <laughs> too far. Anyways. <laughs> Moving on from from the cutting edge political discourse of of all of us who clearly know what we're doing because that's that's the subject matter and expertise of our podcast here. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to talk about YouTube relaunching their live streaming service to focus on esports and gaming. Right. <laughs> that would be yeah. stupid not to, wouldn't they? It would be stupid not to. It's a very, very believable story, but even still, the source is kind of shady. Far more shadier than than the Wall fucking Street Journal. This is a, a story from the Daily Dot that is sourcing from anonymous sources. They don't even give clear dates for when this scheduled relaunch is supposed to happen. But basically, they've got quotes from supposed uh, Google insiders who are saying, Gaming and esports in particular are going to be a big driving force for the new look YouTube Live. Which, to be fair, does sound like something a soulless executive would say. Yeah. There will be huge opportunities for established streamers and organizers soon, and I would say that the record number of esports viewers are only going to grow when Google starts promoting and partnering with these events, says someone who really sounds like an anonymous source who has some soulless executive job at Google. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
supposedly they're they're hiring up a big team of 50 engineers or so to complete legitimately with Twitch. There was a lot of controversy last year about them maybe buying Twitch, actually coming pretty close and not managing it. So I guess now they want to seriously compete. If if this is true, uh, uh, are, you, are you sure that they came close and didn't manage it? I'm pretty sure that the rumor was just that Google was buying Twitch, and then we found out later that it wasn't Google at all; it was Amazon. Well, I think there was also some bidding involved, and that, and that Amazon uh, I thought might Google have were, won out over Google. Yeah, I thought they were close to finalizing a deal. Them like monopolies guys were just and like, the, and then yeah, Amazon no, outbid you can't them. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's weird. Well, maybe that also had I mean, something to do with it too. Is that they wanted the only, to avoid that? The whole thing about this this whole deal that's going on is like, I've seen so many people tweet about this rumor by saying that YouTube is like, like if they set this up right, they're going to kill Twitch, and I just don't see that happening. If uh, as it stands right now, the YouTube streaming service is is garbage compared to Twitch, and I'm glad to yeah. see that like Twitch hasn't become garbage after the accusation accusation after the acquisition either um but i mean so much of it is is content id like if they seriously want to have people streaming video games then that's i hate to say it that's gonna have to go i i do find it hilarious how they profess to have this big focus on games while gamers get fucked over so often by content id it's it's cutscenes and licensed music that kill it which are a core part of many of of the cinematic big budget games that come out that people are going to be streaming and already have problems uploading let's plays of on youtube so uh they're 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 gonna have to do more than just throw money at the problem. They're gonna have to figure out how to make it coexist with an already kind of restrictive rule set that isn't isn't friendly for this format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. Also. Also, that um kind of conveniently folds into some community questions. We don't have time to do them all right now because. <laughs> Ooh, we spent like 45 minutes got, it was that's such a good game though anyways so yeah we, we're gonna have to wrap things up pretty soon because i might have gone on a bit too long about pillars of eternity i was but, uh, equally culpable yeah yeah I, I i thought it was worth it though like i i needed to get a lot of a lot of stuff off my chest about how good that game is that might be like too spoilery or too casual for the review and what game's this Oh, um, um, uh, the Burger King Sneak King. <laughs> I have to play that game. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> I have it. I bought a copy of it at a little mom and pop store in Savannah, and uh, I, I never got to play it before my Xbox died. Very tragic story. Anyways, um, we got one cool streaming-related question from Squiffer Squipair. He's asked something before, and I probably butchered the name horribly back then, too. But he asked, George, have you gotten good in CSGO? I guess the answer is kind of halfway there. I, I used to really be into it. What you got to do is set your gun to the left-hand side, put in some some command tricks to make sure that the audio doesn't lag behind any pings of the action, and uh, and make your crosshair is... is, is uh, tiny as you can while still being able to see what's there. It's, it's amazing how the game is the metagame is actually all about crosshair placement, the like minutiae uh-huh. of how many pixels you have to move the crosshair across the screen to get an advantage over someone approaching you and ugh, just like a lot of a lot of physiological twitch preparation and prediction required to, to get good at it. It's 
like the only real competitive game I've seriously dedicated myself to, and and I love it. Um, that sounds deeply stressful. I, yeah, but it's fun somehow. <laughs> that's that's a great way of describing like any competitive game, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, he also asks, do any of you guys do stream? Steam broadcasting, not stream broadcasting. Steam broadcasting. Oh, Steam broadcasting. Yeah, which oh. is interesting because that's like a third, a third pillar in this no, weird really. streaming marketplace. No, not at all. Well, I mean, it could be. They're, they're. Of course, of course, Twitch is the the dominant, borderline monopoly one. But um, you also have YouTube Live, which which is there but doesn't necessarily compete well. And you also have Steam Broadcasting, which is there but does not necessarily compete well. Oh, yeah. Steam Hitbox. Hitbox. I haven't heard that name in years. Hitbox is much more, more noteworthy than either Steam Broadcasting or YouTube Live. Steam Broadcasting is more of like a, an offhand, like, like, gimmick feature than anything else. It's not... You would never use that to actually uses a stream platform i also last time i had it turned on somebody messaged me when i was playing roller coaster tycoon they were like um i can't see gameplay but i can hear the skype call you're in and i was like wow oh, great well then yeah. i'm gonna turn that off thanks for letting me know before like something terrible happened and someone like got it's private information someone from you or something looks at your porn with you or something that's that's <laughs> like the thing <laughs> Because it's like tied to your Steam friends list, and and if you yeah. don't like press the opt out button, it seems like a great way to creep on your friends. Yep. So so yeah, no, I, I don't even know if I want to get into that because because I might accidentally leave it on, and you know, and I'm like doing something weird that I that I don't necessarily want people seeing on the Amazing. internet with my with my very public persona. I mean, like, <laughs> I, like literally, if you, you like, you can make the porn joke all you want, but. I have Skype calls open that I mm -hmm. talk to people about like important shit such as business and, and, and like also private just stuff. your Steam chats too. Like if, if right. that is in the window, it it might get captured too, depending on depending on how how the technology of it works. So yeah, so so yeah. In my personal opinion, Steam broadcasting is pretty much a joke unless you turn everything else on your computer off and just like go full <laughs> screen on this game and play that. Then like your friends can watch, but you know. Okay, like okay. whatever. Just, just, play, just go on Twitch. Well, go on I'm Twitch. pretty sure this podcast is made abundantly clear. When I'm off script, I turn into a gibbering idiot. So it's not <laughs> even a question of Steam or Twitch. It's just no, I should not be allowed near the internet live. I've never tried it, and I've never really gotten into this stuff. Like I think almost everyone here, I think, might know a lot more about streaming than I do by sheer venture that I've never even done it once. Uh, the whole. The whole difficulty of a stream is less about like talking about interesting things and more about making sure you keep up with all of your factors at the same time. Because it's oh, hard to be God. like good at a game and then read oh, the yeah. chat and then respond to the chat and then keep playing the yeah. game and being good at it. Because like you have to like do all three of those things like, in order to like when I when I do yeah. let's plays, it's it's like stressful enough just talking. Well, also because the two let's plays I've done were in super duper hard mode, but. I, I I really like immersion, so I've I've never like <laughs> I turn Steam notifications off in in games, mm -hmm. let alone broadcast it and pay attention to a chat window and and try to stay talking and entertaining throughout the whole ordeal. Right. 
Yeah, I've streamed quite Which a bit, is, uh, and it's 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 oh, a yeah. bit tough. Well, well, it's like it's like part of your model, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I you, guess you, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I I've slowed down recently, but I used to stream like every single day, and you know, people really care. You know, you you start to realize that <laughs> you're like like oh hey man, uh, so how you doing? Oh, I it's my birthday today, or but you know stuff like that, and you have a conversation with them. It's hard to have a conversation with a thousand people. Let me tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. you're gonna have to like you know it, the best way is to make sure you have a mod and, you know and you know on Skype or something and they'll send you like questions and stuff. There's different ways you can kind of handle a few a few things, but uh, yeah, oh, you want to you have to you have to appoint mods. Yeah, you have to have mods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've I've had a f you know a couple thousand people in when I stream and it's just it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to handle. You know, you want to, yeah, you, you, you do want to make everyone feel like a special, beautiful snowflake, but you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to moderate that. Yeah. Yeah. There was one time, one time when uh, Five Nights at Freddy's 2 came out, and I was playing Binding of Isaac at the time, and like, I had played some Five Nights 2, and then I was like, I kind of want to switch games. And I was streaming at the time, and I was like, dude, who wants to see Five Nights 2? And a lot of people responded. I had about 30 people watching at the time, and then. Because Five Nights at 2 was so, like, getting so popular, and because I was, like, pretty proficient, I was, like, playing through Nights 3 and 4, and I was doing pretty good for myself, I got somewhere from, like, 70 to 100 viewers, and the chat, like, just that many, like, that's, like, a small stream, and the chat was, like, I could not keep up with it for the life of me. I would, like, look over, and I'd see, like, 15 things fly by, and then I'd just, like, well, going back to the yeah, game. Yeah, right, <laughs> while you're trying to, f you know, flip the door down and stuff? Like, that's, that's yeah, while so, you're trying to make sure you don't die, fucking yeah, die. Yeah. I guess speedrunners just straight up ignore that. Uh, not all of them. Because, um, I mean, like... Yeah, I've, I've I mean, seen them fact, chatting away. It's yeah, in fact, human. most of them don't. Because, like, you gotta think that these guys have at least 100 hours in the game probably much more yeah. and so muscle people like that helps, can muscle memory through certain sections also there's some sections in games where it's like i have to stand here for two minutes while nothing happens like the start of mario sunshine and you've seen a lot of them <laughs> that's test right. runs and the auto scrollers are in that. yeah yeah auto scrollers is another good one <laughs> yeah during during agdq it's it's just like the auto scrolling is always a much needed break Mm -hmm. It's like quiet time for them to catch up on on donations. I think that's why I think that's why I'm, I firmly believe that Yoshi's Island is one of the best speed games naturally, um, just like all the way around because it has like like three auto scrollers or something in the whole game. But it's like there's space just evenly enough to where it's like okay, we can read some donations now, or like I can read the chat now, and it's like yeah, great, this is nice. Let's all kick back for a second. Cool. All right. So, uh, speaking of kicking back for a second, we are going to finally kick back after vomiting praise all over pillars for <laughs> for more than the first half of this podcast. But if you if you enjoy that stuff, I mean, I highly recommend it. I'm sure Angus agrees. We we both have extremely Just like kind of complimentary reviews on YouTube that still strangely go into like nitpicking the tiny little problems wrong with it because like it, I, I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's it's easier to write negatives than positives. And and if the game still stands as a net positive after all of those negatives, then that should like make that positive hit harder. Mm-hmm. I uh, quite agree. 
it's it's a, it's a, it's it's just math. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, uh, rate us five stars on iTunes. Tune in next week. Um, I'll be copy pasting and saving some more forum questions to answer later after after these uh, forums go away and the new ones come, which is going to be on the 31st, which is in a few days. So actually, next time we podcast, we're going to be looking at those new forums. Yeah, we'll hopefully that, have be some interesting. new forums up and running. All good. Oh, nice. All righty. So until then, have an excellent break, you guys. We will see you next week. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.